0: Welcome back everybody to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Excited about today's episode, I was introduced to Susie Harder a while back and when I was reading through her bio, it said something along the lines of she was a school, you know, teacher at Fresno United School District and it goes on to say when she couldn't find enough resources, she simply decided to create it on her own. Uh, Within a week, she had written a children's book themed around what these kids need, and then also found an editor and taken uh, on a course for children's books, and something uh, something magical happens along the way. So I'm not going to get into too much background, because when she shares it, it's that much better, but uh, today's episode is definitely at the apex there of... Uh, entrepreneur, uh, someone who sees the need in education and then creates her resources and creates some really great pathways in between. Love the fact that she's serving kids. Love the fact that she's building out several things at once. Uh, But when you hear the passion in her voice, you hear the direction she's moving. uh, I know that it'll inspire you too. Also, towards the end of the podcast, we talk, start talking about where you can find some of these things. Also, in the show notes, you can find them as well. Uh, but this is one definitely worth sharing, uh, especially when you start hearing about what she has in mind for uh, these kids and, and, and the publishing world and everything else. So, I'm, no, no more spiral alerts. You're going to enjoy this one. Here we go with Susie Harder. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Started Up podcast. I'm excited to do this one because um, I've taken a little bit of a a sabbatical from interviewing uh, authors and and doers. I've been doing a lot of podcasts with Jamal. Jamal could not be with me tonight. But um, I gotta be honest, uh, I've got on Susie Harder. Susie, let me kick this off by saying, the reason why I was like, okay, break over, is that uh, I came across you and your bio, and I think somewhere along the lines, it was like, she was frustrated, and she wanted to, you know, she was looking for solutions, so she just built the damn thing herself. <laughs> I want to start off by saying, uh, welcome to the show, that I love the fact that you're in education and you're building solutions because you saw a need. So, first of all, thank you. Welcome uh, for, for, to being on the show.
1: Thank you, Don. I'm excited, and yeah, isn't that such a hard thing to do when you're in education oh, to actually take the time to no. come up with a solution? I mean, it's, it is. It's such a tricky thing.
0: It's life giving and life draining. Um, <laughs> so let's let's start back from the beginning. I mean, like yeah. there's there's an there's probably a single point of entry here. Mm-hmm. What is it?
1: Well, well, so let me kind of start with the fact that I am. Education based. I'm a speech pathologist. So, right. my clinical training is as a speech language pathologist. I've worked full time in schools, part time in schools. Um, and then I also have, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe five or maybe more than that years ago, kind of went into okay, have this niche area of kids that I'm just, this is my specialty area. So, I'm going to start kind of a separate almost like nonprofit for kids who stutter. Mm -hmm. And so I spend most of my time doing that. And I still have, you know, a lot of things going on in the schools, but- This is when you were with
0: like Fresno schools district, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So we were able to, and I guess kind of, that was probably the first time that I really took a stand when I was in Fresno Unified of, um, Kind of like, okay, I've got an idea, and let me actually take the time to sit down and create this. And so, for that, for that school district, it was kind of creating and piloting, um, kind of like in-house specialty services for within speech and language. So kind of like, why do we all need to be generalists when we have a team of 75 of us? Some of us can be really good at certain things and let's utilize that and not, you know, it's just, it makes sense. Right. And specialization
0: so. of services is like you're an economist <laughs> as well. I love it. <laughs>
1: Um, and so that was a really neat kind of venture. And then I went more toward, okay, um, (laughs) stepping outside the politics of schools. How can I do this in another way in my town and really offer services? And so I have a lot of time that I spend directly with kids ranging from ages two to college age and into adulthood. Um, and then I do a lot of training for speech pathologists as well. So, I know that you do, you kind of get to take a step back now as well and have kind of that, the joy of coaching someone else through the journey and kind of thinking um, strategically about things and looking at them and it's a fun angle to have. Um, so so with all of that said, I am and located in central California and over the summer, our we had a wildfire that just, went out of control, and I guess, you know, in a sense, in California, we're so desensitized to wildfires that when something really stands out, it's, it was a big fire, you know, so this was the largest recorded in California history, and the area that it was in was my hometown, and so as, you know, I'm watching all of it kind of develop, I mean, it was just kind of like pit in my stomach, I don't know what to do, how can I help? The Facebook feed that I was seeing, you know, it wasn't just kind of like, oh, we're evacuated, we're evacuated. It was like, we lost our home. We lost our home. We lost our home. And many of the people were, you know, friends of mine that I had grown up with that have kids and I have a three and a six-year-old. So I was kind of processing it through that lens of, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine all the pieces within COVID (laughs) and then you're evacuating. And then all of a sudden the fire shifts and you don't get to go back to your home and everything is gone. And um, so I just kind of the, the clinical side of me thought, okay, well, how can I support these kids? Because they've already had a loss of control in so many ways. They haven't had a chance to really do anything that they wanted to during all of covid and now we're taking this giant part of their childhood away and so let's let's figure out a way to support these kids um and you know and kind of combined with the thought of parents right now or in that situation you know they're in like pure survival mode and when you're in survival mode, that's not when you're kind of taking a step back and thinking, what would be the ideal thing that my child needs right now? What would the child development expert say? I mean, you're just trying to survive. So I thought, well, I can help in that way. So I was looking into, okay, well, what types of materials are out there for kids, basically kind of processing the trauma of wildfire? And is there a grief journal available? I know as a speech pathologist, I use a lot of books to promote conversations. So the hard conversations and it's kind of like, okay, let's read about something and then kind of journey it through the storyline. And so I was looking and I didn't see anything. And so the fires were kind of the most destruction was like Monday, Tuesday, and I woke up Wednesday and I wrote a children's book and I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to publish a children's book, but Let's go. Uh, so it started my journey of, let me figure out how to do this. And then it's really kind of grown and developed into this kind of whole separate thing um, that's kind of founded on this idea of, of helping kids from the fire. And then it's really blossomed from there. So
0: I love that story. Um, it's so funny, the parallels of my journey as well. I mm-hmm. I, I was very well supported, um, but I had started a, a very odd class and we called it innovation and open source learning. And um, yeah, it was one of those things that um, if you weren't going to stand with me, I'd find other pathways. And, and again, I was nothing but supported at the school districts that I had okay. served. But same thing though, it's like, okay, now I need to spread this and wrote a book. And how do you write a book? And where do you write a book and who publishes it, and all that good stuff? So I love that you went through that learning journey as well, because in you know, a lot of ways you're helping students, but you were the student as well. And that's uh
1: <laughs> Well, and I think that as, as educators, and that's why I was so excited to be able to talk to you and 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 your audience as well, the The idea that, you know, how our brains work when we start learning new things is, I I think I'm learning that it might not be how everybody else approaches new things. And so I'm learning about, you know, well, gosh, this is what you do to, um, you know, this is the steps and it has to go through, you know, your text has to be final before you go to an illustrator and then you have a formatter and then you have a printing press and then a publisher, you still need to decide on your cover, like all of these things. And I was just blown away But not in an overwhelmed way, just more of a, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. And we need to involve kids in this whole process because for as much as we use books and talk about books, and you know, so within my field, you know, we're using them educationally. But then, you know, just within the classroom, you know, how much we're our focus is on literacy and writing. I I've never seen the behind the scenes of all of these things. And it's so interesting. And so I was kind of like, okay, well, let's figure out a way to involve kids in this process and really give them something that's a sense of ownership that gives them something to be inspired by that has, you know, something that they get to do kind of the, it shifts the conversation for, you know, from COVID or from the fire into here's something that we're building and doing together. And so that, that idea was on a Friday, I think. And then Saturday I created a website and a voting platform and then reached out to some people on Sunday and then launched on Monday. And it was kind of like, okay, well let's, I don't, you know, (laughs) there's not really room for perfection in this. Let's just jump in and we're going to learn it together. And so I, you know, just through my desire of wanting kids to be involved and to learn I was kind of like okay well how do we do this in a way that allows everyone to have a voice and um and so we created a voting system
0: (laughs) so uh, why what was the what was the original intent on Mm -hmm. you know why stuttering uh there a a backstory there
1: on within my field, why I went stuttering.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, when did that become a passion of like, you know, obviously the, there's different, some, you know, some people yes. are passionate about literacy or poetry or math. Yours was on the speech. I don't want to say pathology mm-hmm. side, but mm-hmm, why, why why stuttering? What, where would, where was the inspiration?
1: So I, it, all of my credit to anything that I ever do that's great goes back to my mentor in grad school, Kristen Camilla um, at Northwestern. And she was, Uh, she grew up as a person who stuttered and she specialized in stuttering therapy and she was just phenomenal and the bonds that she had with the families she worked with were just so incredible and so during my time um, interning with her and then i later ended up having the opportunity to work with her for i don't know five or seven years while i lived in chicago um it just i mean it was kind of like oh, here's that missing piece of how to connect with people. And so that was my opportunity. And I just learned so much. And then moving into, you know, kind of like parenting, then it was like, okay, well, I really just, I want kids to be seen. I want kids to feel heard. And this very niched area kind of started expanding a little bit and my clinical skills are still very niche, but, you know, just my perspective started shifting and kind of like, okay, well, you know we can help kids feel heard. We can help make things fun. Um, (laughs) I was telling the story the other day about my, so my son's in kindergarten and as, most of everyone is, you know, he's doing distance learning, right. So he has always been a really conscientious child until distance learning and I mean it's just so powerful to see on the other side (laughs)
0: because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> the
1: one teaching <laughs> yes. and, and again, conducting um, and then seeing, you know, the kids just totally break oh. down and, yeah. you know, kind of like, what is going on? I've never seen the sight of you. And so during one of his breaks and he had, I mean, maybe seven minutes of a break, it was, you know, this tiny little break. He's like, mom, you know what we need to do right now? I've, I've been thinking about it. We need to make a lemonade stand. And I was kind of like, First of all, we've never made a lemonade stand. It sounds very cute. It sounds very like out of an ideal world. You know, we sit and make lemonade stands every Saturday. We don't. And I was kind of like, okay. Um, So how about we'll talk about it? <laughs> you know, you're like logging back in in seven minutes. We don't have any lemons. We don't have any lemonade. Let's come up with a plan when you're done today. And he just broke down and was screaming. He just lost his mind. He was like, that's all I want to do, mom. I'm just asking for one thing. Can I just have one thing? And that's not how he like throws a fit. I've never heard him say those things before. And I was just kind of like, gosh, I I get it. Like you want to have something that you get to do, not that you have to do, but something you get to do. And that makes sense. And so I was right at the beginning of I was writing the book and figuring out how to publish it. And that was kind of like just one of those moments where I was like, okay, we need to, this is now bigger than the kids who lost their home. It's now let's give kids that thing they get to do, not the thing they have to do. And let's let them, you know, really be involved in something. So what ended up happening was we, because we didn't have lemonade, but It was a thing. So we talked about, you know, at lunch, we'll go set something up. And he got some granola bars out that we already had and gathered some Hot Wheels together that he was gonna sell. And my three-year-old daughter got used crayons and put them in a cup and sold them for a cent. And he spent an hour making his sign and was just so excited about it. And I was thinking, okay, well, this is, I don't know what it was, but three months into distance learning. I was like, this is the most excited and happy I have seen my child in months. If there's anything that I can offer children or parents or anything is to give that moment of, I, I get to do something. And so, yeah, it really just kind of traveled that journey.
0: That's, I think <clears throat> there was such an interesting moment for a lot of teachers that we're quarantining with their children oh, in some ways it was like the, and, and and we'll get and we'll get back and we'll get back to uh the stuttering center and everything else but like i do have to like this take time to say yes i i've lived it as well um but also this there's been this moment of well heck there was even like commercials out for i think google had one and like thank you teachers no nice. sir thank you <laughs> like oh my gosh, like, I can't stand my kid now. Uh, or, or like, I had no idea. Interestingly enough, like, you know, I, I have, we have a wide range. I have one that's in uh, college. She'll be 20 uh, in a month. I have a 16-year-old, but I have an 11-year-old.
1: Mm.
0: He loves. Uh, so we're on a hybrid schedule. So he yeah. literally goes to school every other day. He's in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, he loves learning. He just doesn't mm. necessarily love school. He he will watch tutorials on YouTube for a lot of things, from how to catch certain spiders and fish to you know how to build great Minecraft villages. So in some ways, like this has been the best thing for him, and in other ways, I can now see what the teachers go through because I'm like Grant, focus, focus, huh? And I know,
1: and it's so different when it's your own child. I mean, it really (laughs) is just you know I, I do a lot of parent coaching just as part of you know, and, and I always am just so upfront, like, just because I can tell your child this, and we can have these conversations, it doesn't look the same for you at home with your child, you know, just dynamics are so different. And, uh, you know, and each child just processes things differently in their, their temperament and their biological makeup, you know, just everything. Um, I have a lot of kids that I'm working with that, like you said, uh, you know, it's kind of like, well, this is great. (laughs) I don't have to get up. I, you know, like I kind of just get to have my pace about my day. Um, You know, and then some kids that are really having a tough time because they don't know what they don't have, what they need. Um, Like my, that very first, I'd say maybe two months of every last spring. um, I'd say the kids that I worked with that were third and under it's kind of like they're young enough to just ask for what they need because they don't care if you're busy and they're just kind of like, <laughs> I need to go, I need to do this. Why, where is this? And then the kids that are maybe middle school and or maybe late middle school and older kind of like know what they need. And then there was this group of kids that were kind of like fourth to seventh grade that those were the ones that like their faces just looked sad. And so we had a five point check-in scale at the beginning of each session and just kind of like checking in with these kids. And it was kind of like, I'm not good, but also I don't know what I need. So I don't know what to ask for. Um, And I feel like that just resonated with me because as adults during this whole period, I feel like that's such a normal place to be, right? You're like, I'm not good, but I'm not bad. And I don't know, like, something happy if it came into my life that would be wonderful but I don't really know what I need I'm not seeking something out so I'm just kind of surviving um you know and so it is it's interesting watching just different personalities tackle things um you know and I think there's such a beauty in being able to reframe things for kids too and and we so naturally you know I feel like kind of have our follow-up when we're kind of like COVID isn't you know it's the worst, actually. Well, it's fine because you know I have blank and blank, and um, you know, kind of taking that reframe and like with the story of the wildfire, it it acknowledges and validates everything that's happening, and then works into you know this kind of like the bigger picture of what's important and priorities and togetherness and family, you know, just all of that piece, and so. Um, I think, you know, as related to COVID, it's kind of like, we have the opportunity to talk about things in a way right now that really is so powerful for kids. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's so hard to be a teacher right now. <laughs> it's so
0: hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exhale okay. and say amen on that one. Uh, so, yeah. so when um, I'm also was checking into your bio earlier, so tell me a little bit about then the. Uh, what is the center called? Uh, the Central Valley, or-
1: Central Valley Stuttering Center. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> having a yeah. hard time with
0: it. Sorry. Thank you.
1: So that's um, so the Central Valley Stuttering Center is where I get to work most closely with kids and their families, and so. I get to do a lot of kind of different pieces, but for kids in the two to six year old range, we're doing a lot of early intervention for kids who have started stuttering that we, we know that if they have really good support in that age range, they don't need to continue to stutter. And and some kids naturally grow out of it, but some kids just, um, their risk factors are higher for continued stuttering. And so kind of once you cross that six, seven year old range, it's really unlikely that a child's just going to grow out of it, so there's, you know not a sense of urgency but there is of you know making sure that we are really diligent in those first couple of years of really really getting good supports in place and helping parents know what to do and um, and to know what to, not to do as well and uh, so i get to have just a lot of one-on-one time with young kids and their families and and then from there when you get into kind of middle school age range and and you know older Um, it kind of ends up being, you know, the big picture of we're supporting communication, we're supporting confidence, and so stuttering is Is kind of the middle of what we're doing and we're helping make talking as easy as possible, but really, we're having life conversations and so we're talking about, you know, asking a girl out on a date we're talking about going to the snack bar and then shying away because you you didn't want to say it because you might stutter. We're talking about how to raise your hand confidently in class or call and order the pizza or you know whatever it is and so we have kind of like situational hierarchies that we look at and, and form our goals. And then we help kids be really good versions of themselves and really confident. So, um, I mean, it's just such a gift to be able to work with so many wonderful families. And when I was, um, When I was a professor for the grad program, I would do every year, I'd have a panel of high school students that would come that were old clients of mine, and they would come and talk to the grad class. And every single year, the grad students would say, these are the most well-spoken, confident kids I have ever met. I would never have gone in high school to a college class and spoken about something that I felt a little bit embarrassed about. Um, And so it's really neat that we get to kind of shape that just confidence in kids. And uh, last week, one of the kids said, I don't really know exactly what your job is, but is it to make people the best versions of themselves? And I thought, yep, that's, I wish that was my title. That's a way better name. People would know what that means. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then I work just really closely with a lot of teachers, too. So the the piece of us getting to take things that we're doing and really weave it into curriculum or weave it into you know, I mean, even like the book that's happening, we have a whole segment and we do it once a week, we do ask the author live. So I get on Facebook and, uh, you know, kids get in, get on and ask all their questions. And, you know, I get to have, you know, basically like a relationship with, they or they know me uh, and they're asking all these questions and, one of the kids said, well, can we write another book? I'm I'm really loving this. And so we kind of dove into, okay, well, let's figure out how to do that. And um, I'll look into it. Let's figure it out. And then, so what we're looking at is doing some things in partnerships with teachers and really looking at how can we do this to support your curriculum, because it is such a cool way to have, you know, say like for first grade, um, let's, let's build it to where it, just really easily integrates with everything you're doing and gives kids the real reason of this is how neat it is when you're learning how to read and you're learning how to write. And here's these writing prompts that are based on the votes for today. And, you know, it just, it really just so naturally integrates. And so um, it's fun as each piece evolves.
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, I, I love hearing you reflect because I literally hear the journey and what all you went through. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and this has all been the last few months. <laughs> it's been well, a, the, know, like
0: <laughs> earlier, you were like, so I started a website on Saturday, and by Sunday, I and I, I love, I love hearing that. So things have been kind of at a blistering pace. But have you, have you started giving thought of what does this look like in three to five years?
1: Yeah, and I. I'm really excited about kind of where we're building toward and and I really want it to be very educationally focused. Um, So there's, there's a lot of decisions to be made and, and a lot of them I'm going to put in the hands of kids and uh, and also teachers and so we'll get to kind of look at okay well what what concepts and and kind of character building and and what meanings do we want embedded in some of these books that you might be able to use in your classroom and then let's make them and so each vote or you know kind of the beginning of each book is illustration based choices so it's kind of like okay here's three versions of this character or here's three options for this and mm-hmm. so kids are involved in choosing it and i think it would be really neat to have you know a, a teachers involved in you know as an educator i always think i know the message that i want a book to teach and then we can pull things out of it but if the underlying message is really good that's a book that i want and then you have to go find it and so i kind of feel like well let's just Ask teachers what they want, and then let's make it. So, if you want a book mm-hmm. that you know celebrates this, or acknowledges this, or builds this, let's build one and involve kids in it. And then at the end, they have this thing that they helped make, and this kind of like forever bond with a book, and um, you know, just kind of that outside the box wraparound of let's make it meaningful in a way that isn't. You know the, the same things that we do in the classroom, but it can happen in the classroom.
0: So, um, man, I, I, I love the fact that you're doing this. I love that you're on the fact of the mission. I, again, just interesting to see the niche, the niche that you chose um, and the impact you you wanted to have, and getting kids their voice, and and really even like soft scale stuff that I've, I've heard. Um and just yeah the the fact that you're growing and you know you know where you're going and and you're again that in your bio you're like so you created it um <laughs> such a awesome 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 journey I'm seriously I'm I'm inspired by that um more people want more information where should mm-hmm. they go
1: Yep juniorauthorsprogram.com. dot com we'll have there's the sign up part there if you want to be involved in votes there's direct links to votes there's worksheets that are divided by age group and so there's things for teachers available there's writing prompts there's you know just all of the information is there so juniorauthorsprogram.com and then i really love hearing from teachers so there's a box in there too to just send me a direct question or a request and uh, it's fun that we get to create this kind of as a team and so as teachers are contacting and and asking for things, we get to kind of decide, okay, you know, is that kind of in the bandwidth of where we're going and can we do that? And we've had so many great suggestions so far um, and, you know, kind of developed our teacher ambassador program. And so if anyone wants to be involved in that and then they get to have, you know, kind of like, a little live author visit via Zoom, yeah. uh, you know, so just things like that where ki- we get to create memories for kids. And- well, yeah,
0: and I, I before we press record, we were talking and I, I saw there's a green screen in the background. And you're like, we do fun videos. And so it looks, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun and yeah. looks like, well, there's nothing better than creating impact and having fun and and getting paid to do so. Uh, I I think that literally it's the dream. Like uh, one, one time I was talking uh, to some people um, that when I was teaching and I was literally trying to get kids to, to build and scale things. And I'm like, I thought about, I was like, wait, I'm paid to help kids be successful Uh, and and not in just a grade wise, but like in life. And I I think (laughs) I love us what you're doing. Like I'm preparing kids, not just to pass the, you know, SAT or whatever. Like I'm preparing, like I'm getting, I'm providing value and getting paid to to do right for kids so for that i heartily salute you and i think it's wonderful so yes i will make sure that we have all the links in the bio and everything else so people you know they want to reach out they can um and then yeah. uh, your children's book on amazon yes,
1: yes. so okay. it, yep where's my house is what it's called and i'm susie harder you'll be able to see it and we will be creating Uh, a workbook that's kind of a companion product and a grief journal and so yeah, but it'll be on Amazon and I think what's neat too is that the kids that lost their homes in the fire were Mm -hmm. really connecting them as our junior authors. And so their their names are printed in the book. They get to draw home their home. Um, so we have like a collage of all of their homes. So it's really like they get to really be a part of this book. And then when it hits the bestseller, then they get to be a bestselling author. And it's kind of like, I get to just share all of the fun. And when we do a book signing up in the community, they get to be the ones signing the books. And so it's really just kind of a neat mm-hmm way to shift the conversation yes. from, you know, something so
0: that is cool so
1: hard that happened into, you know, maybe 10 years from now, they'll say, yeah, that was a hard year. And do you remember when we got to make that book? You know, yeah. so we'll see. I'm excited. And I think my main thoughts to anyone in the audience is if you have that education brain, set aside some time to mm. make those ideas actually come together because it's really so rewarding. And I, I don't know that we always set aside the time because we're so busy. And even just that little pocket of time, uh, you know, that just kind of creates a little little tiny idea and then where we go with it because we're just, we're, we're teachers, we're, we're naturally, you know, kind of how, how can we do this in a way that helps benefit children? And um, it's just, it's, it's fun. Seeing those pieces come together, so I'm excited for anyone in your audience that kind of takes the plunge and kind of says, "Okay, I've been thinking blank. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> Let's do it."
0: A, a really quick follow-up question, like on that book signing stuff, like just and I'm I was about ready to wrap up, but you you piqued my interest. What did what was that like? What did, like tell me a little bit more about that? Because I'm like I'm I hope you hear the smile on my face when you said oh that.
1: Well, you know, so that was actually my very first vision of anything having to do with the book was I was like, I'm going to go and I knew exactly the spot. And I was like, we're going to do the special reading and I'm going to have these really cool gifts for all the kids and they're going to have drawn their home. And I'm going to make it into a puzzle so they can rebuild it. And they have, you know, just kind of this this thing. And then in the book, there's this theme with the blanket of the dog who loses his house, loses his blanket. Um, And then it kind of gets remade through different things. And so I was like, I'm going to have someone remake or make the blanket from the book that has like the dog print and everything and give everybody Mm -hmm. a blanket and kind of have this really special day and plant flowers, you know, it was kind of just this really over the top vision. And I called my sister and she was like, Susie, you have a lot of ideas right now. <laughs> I was kind of like, <laughs> I know, but I think this Always. is really important. Yes. And what if we give this like amazing day and that the kids get to just like sign and, and, you know, and then the kids yes. make their money, they get their first that experience check. will like, never
0: be lost on them. all that of is, the money ooh.
1: goes to them. So, yeah. you know, like they get to say, like, I contributed, I did this. And um, so that was really kind of the, the moment or the picture in my mind of, Okay, I need to create this so I can create that. So, yeah, once the book's in print, then we get to do it.
0: <laughs> I, I, that may be my favorite story of all. All right. Well, Thank you uh, so much. I, again, when we will, we'll make sure that we include all the links and everything important. So, you know, the Thank listeners so can follow up with that. But i duly impressed. And so, uh, yeah, I'll have to have you on the show again sometime. Uh, this has been way too much fun. So again, Susie Harder, she's been our guest. She's fantastic. We'll have all of her information, but I seriously salute you. Thank you for wanting to be a change and then doing something about it and then leading kids to better outcomes and making sure they have the skills and the mindset to do so. So thank you so, so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for taking a risk and jumping back into the author world and uh, <laughs> and for all the work you do for educators. It's, it's really important. So thank you for your time today. Sure.